All right, you guys, let's get this started then, right? Because really, what could go wrong once you press record? Right? Exactly, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's all going to be very perfect. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for being here in another episode of uh, Crazy People Doing a Podcast. Um, my name is Maurice, um, and with me is my partner in crime or partner in madness, Russ the Man. Craziness, absolutely. And today we have our dear, dear friend from Louisville and guest named Austin. And since I'm German, I, I strike out when it comes to your last name. So please okay. let me out. I'll, I'll give you a pass. Uh, it's <laughs> Lope Solvera. But hey, let's let's talk about uh, you a little bit more. Um, we kind of stumbled into your nerdiness and the joint nerdiness of um, the people that are here on the on this little uh, cast right now. And uh, But give us some background because you kind of had it shine through with websites and programming, mm -hmm. but I know there's more, so please share that with us. Yeah, um, I would say I've always been on a journey of trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Um, you know, that started with everything, you know, your, your tra traditional kid things, firefighter, astronaut, um, you know, I think that Lego Mindstorms with the Mars mission definitely probably contributed to that. Um, and then, you know, even throughout school, everything from wanting to work uh, as a FBI agent to an adolescent psychologist to, you know, I, I have no idea, still trying to figure it out. Um, but as I got to applying for college, um, you know, being kind of the, the smart kid in the school that I went to, it was just kind of like, oh, the smart kids go to U of L engineering speed school. Like that's where everyone goes. Like you're going to get a scholarship. That's where you go. That's what you do. And then you'll be an engineer. And um, so I did that. Um, and during my time at the university, I got involved with a few organizations on campus, fraternities, um, student government, and um, found kind of a, a, an apprenticeship, if you will, for creative and marketing. And through that opportunity, I really found that I enjoyed the creative side and also realized, oh, like you can get paid for this. Um, and the beauty of it was my, my mentor in that program had started his own business while he was in college. He was a senior about to graduate and um, we hit it off really well. And so he kind of took me in as a, a freshman, sophomore in college to say, hey, I, I need help with these projects. You're picking this up really fast. And so the the great thing that I realized was, wow, like with this marketing stuff, I can really kind of build my own schedule. You know, it's, it's not like a, you know, going to work for a pizza shop or, you know, serving or Best Buy where there's certain hours patrons are coming. Like I could work on a website between classes or on the weekends or late in the evenings, like whenever I wanted. So it really worked well with, you know, the school uh, class schedule. Uh, until I realized that I enjoyed that more than going to class or <laughs> studying for <laughs> tests or, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I just really loved it. And, and so that kind of led to some, some grades dropping. And then I was like, wait, I'm in this engineering program and I don't even like this stuff. Like, um, and so I started pursuing some, uh, marketing and creative and business degrees, um, actually ended up transferring schools. Uh, to pursue media communication, 
that new school was incredibly expensive, private school, kind of south of Lexington. And uh, halfway through that first semester, I was like, I can't afford to continue to go here. When I transferred schools, I lost all my scholarships. Um, and so it was completely out of pocket for me. And I took that next year um, trying to pay that school back for that one semester. And, and during that time, got plugged into some local programs, um, one being a Code Louisville program where it's a cohort style teaching you how to code. And I, I knew the fundamentals, but I was like, okay, maybe I can apply the, the creative side um, to, and, and these like WordPress sites I was building. So if I understood the code and how this works, then I could probably build better sites. Um, and, and also they had a great pipeline for companies. It's like, oh, I can go through this program and they'll connect me with a job and I can just fast track my career. Yeah. And uh, it was during that year where I realized, wait, I'm getting paid to learn. And I just spent the past two and a half, three years paying someone else to teach me something that I might use one time at some point. Um, and so that was a real light bulb moment for me um, to, to, you know, really pursue self-learning apprenticeship opportunities and, and just really, you know, kind of crafting your own future while still having that passion to learn. Um, and ever since then, um, I've worked for small companies, companies with over 1400 people, um, companies where we were building websites for universities across the nation, um, all the way down to, um, nonprofits that are doing community development insurance. And, uh, we recently launched, um, our own company, um, called Aspen studios, um, that is focused on marketing and, and content production. So that's a, a long, maybe version of how we got here. Um, <laughs> but a, a lot of it is just, you know, I'm a learner by doing, um, kind of school of hard knocks. Like you can tell me something, but I kind of got to try it for myself. Drives my parents crazy, but, um, I just got to try it. Got to get my hands on it. You know, I'm like, Oh, that is not the way to do that. Like payroll taxes. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but, um, you know, you, you learn, you, you learn as you go and, because you're you're doing you're learning faster but you're also getting stuff done and, and making impact so you had this super straightforward way of doing school doing university university finishing it all and then starting a job no hold up that's not what it sounded like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i so i tend to think that you know there are definitely some careers that um a university um, is great for it and a degree program is great for. Um, but I, I do think in a world where there's so much content available out there of training and also people realizing, oh, wait, I'm an expert in this and I can monetize it, like that we're only going to continue to see, um, you know, I, like during the time that we were at the uh, the company building sites for universities. The big thing was MOOCs, right? Like, you know, a massive open online courses or something. I can't remember the exact yep. terms, but MOOCs. Um, and so that was the first shift that we started to see in the education space. Now with tools like Kajabi and Teachable and Thinkific, anyone can build a course um, and anyone can charge for that course and share their expertise and so we're really decentralizing education 
in that you can learn just about anything online now, um, sometimes better than some of these courses, because a lot of times with universities, like, for example, when I was in computer, the computer engineering program, we were learning C and C++. If you talk to any startup founder nowadays, they're building on um, React, React Native. They're building on, you know, the, I mean, there's there's Go, like there's all these languages, modern languages that the university was not even getting close to teaching. I think the newest language that we were taught was C Sharp. And it's like in the world of programming, these language, like new languages are coming up literally every day and they're they're adding to it. And I don't think the university with their accreditation process um, and, and just being able to put a stamp can keep up. But I think, you know, you're when you have these industry professionals, that really allows you to learn, you know, the newest thing quickly. Um, and, and the beauty is now companies have figured this out too, is like, oh, if we can train people on how to use our product, then, you know, now we have a, a really big stickiness. So like I've been you know, really curious about Bubble and Webflow as no-code options. Um, and so I've just been consuming hours and hours of videos online that both Webflow has built, but also their community has built. And I, I think we're only going to continue on that. Yeah. Russ, is this this point where I promote my <laughs> New York Marketing Academy? <laughs> Your place for... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, but it, 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 it's it's 100% true, Maurice. Um, and, and I think Austin is is definitely one of the nerdiest creative guys I know. Um, <laughs> but it's it's that curiosity and hunger. So if I want to learn marketing, is it better for me to go and get a four-year degree somewhere? Maybe there's value in that. But what if I just do like Austin did? Hey, I can get paid and I can learn. And now there's Maurice has this cool course online, right? And, and there's all this education and stuff out there. And I can just, as I go, and then maybe, you know what, after I've done that for a couple of years, then maybe I do want to go and get my degree or maybe my master's or whatever it might be um, to further my education. But to get going and get up and running, there's nothing like it. It's it's it, it's way well, different than it was back in the 1300s when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other part of this is um, these uh, marketplaces now for work, right? So... I had the luck, lucky opportunity where I, you know, was an apprentice for a guy that had a company and, and gave me a shot. And I don't, you know, not everyone has those opportunities. I do think networking is important, especially if you if you're not going to school, then you need to find groups that you can connect with and build your network. But now with you know Fiverr, Upwork, um, there's quite a few freelance platforms now. And in, in addition to that, now you have the opportunity for work and these people are paying such little money that there's so much room for grace and, and mm -hmm. for suck. Like there's no other way to say that. <laughs> and like, that's, that's good. Um, I think people, you know, need opportunities to make money and to build crappy things to get better and to get feedback. Because when you do stuff for free, there's, there's just a lot of weird weirdness to it where you know people are a little hesitant to give you feedback or they're expecting too much but now with these you know low low cost platforms of fiverr and upwork um to at least break into an industry and try stuff out and get feedback 
you have more opportunity opportunity now than ever to get in on small projects and still get paid for it and get feedback and grow. Um, so I, I think now's the the best time in the world to, if you're looking to try out marketing or try out creative or content or really just any career, like now's the time to go learn it on YouTube, find a course online, um, and and you know take up a contract on Upwork or Fiverr. Yeah, actually, and I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Russ. Yeah, no, I was going to say, and and sometimes even better than that uh, is is you can try it and see if you like it too. Yep. Exactly. Uh, one of the difficulties with college is you kind of go for a couple of years before you start to actually get into your stuff. And then you're like, yeah, maybe I don't like this so much. Yeah. You do like uh, two years of gen eds and then you finally take a course somewhat related to your degree, but it's an intro class. And then you're three years in <laughs> and it's like, well, I only have 60 hours left. Like, you know, uh, or I don't even know how college works. I don't know what your last year amount of hours is. <laughs> if but... you just say there's 60 hours, you'd go like, yeah, yeah. He, he sounds like a college guy. So, so, um, so yeah, you can try it out. And and I suggest, I think we need more organizations that are partnering with community groups that need work done uh, to pop up and, and provide that support. And that's really the genesis of what Aspen was founded to be was we wanted to partner, you know, organizations that had work that needed to be done with newer developing talent and then provide a layer of support through a mentor network and then fund the thing through big corporate that needed a talent pipeline. Um, that's not what it ended up being. Um, I still kind of pursue that periodically on the side. Uh, we, we just had trouble with the revenue uh, on that. It was talent development can be a really long form um, play, but we still tinker on that idea because there's so much work out there that needs to be done. And there's so many people just looking for an opportunity. Um, and so how do we pair those uh, groups together? But the, the, the missing part is that, that mentorship that um, can say, Hey, tell me how you did this. Tell me why. And then speak into them. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually a big fan of uh, platforms like Fiverr, right? On one hand, you, obviously you have to do more to get good quality out of it. Yep. You have to be very precise with, uh, with briefing and, you know, help them to, to get along. But I, I, I like the, the opportunity to mentor people and to help them along and to build a relationship with them where you can almost be like their constant revenue mm. and see them grow a, a, along with that. And on the, on the same side, you mentioned university. I have a lot of people or in, in my career, I taken on a lot of people fresh from university mm -hmm. and knowing that I only would have them on my team for like two years or something like that. And that it's, it's great because they're young and they're really eager to do stuff, but you really have to train them. Yes, they have mm -hmm. a degree. Maybe they even have a master's degree, right? But they don't know how to work yet. Mm -hmm. Right, and they don't know how to get rid of everything that they learned at university, essentially, and being <laughs> able to let the self ego go and focus on a customer and mm -hmm. or the task at hand, right? And that is something that I, I find very interesting about what you said. We have that different line of entering workforce, just like myself, where it's not all straight in a straight line, right? The 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 traditional way, let's call it that way. You could mm -hmm. almost say the, the old fashioned way. Yeah. Um, Russ, is that right? 
<laughs> the old-fashioned way. I'll vouch for that, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> the old, old, old-fashioned, old, 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 old-fashioned way. Yeah, but at, uh, at the same time, so how do you balance that? And I know how I did it for me, but I want to know it for, from you first. How do you balance that that challenge of, because sometimes if whenever you're dealing with, with customers and especially for your new company, Aspen Studios, right? Mm-hmm. You deal, the bigger the customers get, the more, especially if you have older counterparts that you talk to, they expect you to speak their language and use yep. their phrasing and so on. And at the beginning, that can be intimidating, but how do you get out of that, right? Yep. Of that kind of like very tight f- framework to tell them like, hey, listen, guys, things are changing. You got to do it my way. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we, we really try and... Um always start with uh, messaging and, and um, our, our first meeting with every kind of client is it's a long one, um, but we call it our client discovery meeting where we are trying to understand their business um, and what their pain points are in their business uh, to, to really start developing a plan and, and hearing all right, how well are they able to speak about their business? Cause if they're struggling then how can we expect their customers to understand what they do? Um, So typically that meeting will lead to a messaging um, kind of series of meetings where we're working with them to really hone in their message so they can speak clearly to their customers in a way that their customers are speaking. I think, you know, industry jargon um, and, you know, speaking in a way that you know what you're talking about, but do your customers, are, are you all talking in the same language? Um, you might be saying the same thing and answering the same questions, but if you're in two different languages, like there's there's a barrier there, and we really have to move our 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 clients, the companies, um, or nonprofits into speaking their customers' language, because that's where you're going to start getting action um, or activation or revenue. Um, so we we it's a lot of reworking, um, kind of like how they're wired to make themselves not be the hero. Um, but allow their customers to be the hero. Um, and then the company serves as the guide. And that all follows uh, Donald Miller's story brand um, kind of framework, uh, which I'm certified in. Um, and it's it's been huge. Like once, and it's a light switch kind of moment. You can see it click with someone where like, oh, I'm not the hero they are. Um, and And they start using, you know, um, the framework really well and seeing results quickly. Um, so that's always where we start is we want to help businesses, organizations really clarify, you know, what their message is in a way that resonates and activates their customer base from there. Then we run, um, because we have a solid foundation and we'll put it into, um, marketing, you know, websites, email, print, branding, whatever their initial needs are, which again, comes out of that discovery. And then, um, then we do what I call fun marketing, and that's the content side, is really allowing their personality um, to to show through, um, you know, uh, through podcasts, through courses, through videos, um, and really showcasing who they are. But you're right; it, it takes a little bit of rewiring um, on that side, and then on the talent side, you just gotta know that like there's there's gonna be um, a learning uh, time. And 
whether you're hiring someone off Upwork or Fiverr or someone straight out of school, they do not know everything you know, and they also don't know how you work. And so there is going to be kind of that transition time uh, to teach them and bring them up to speed, which can be really frustrating for a fast moving entrepreneur um, or business leader. Um, But by putting in that early time, you're saving exponentially more later. And it's one I'm learning the hard way right now is we're in the process of hiring a VA. Yeah, I mean, I had a perfectly well thought out follow-up question, but you said the word Brent. And I was like, <laughs> huh. <laughs> Are you still doing Brent stuff before I continue with the actual question that I wanted to follow? Yeah, the, the, the branding work, um, Reagan, who's um, our designer, loves brand work and so she'll um do the visual um but you know i think branding is both visual and also you know what people think about you um what are like what are those trigger moments like when someone has that pain Mm -hmm. are they thinking of you and that is both a like a branding exercise from a visual identity can they see your logo in their mind when they feel that pain but it's also you know um when I want good ice cream, I'm getting graders, right? Like their chocolate, mm, right? Like it's a brand and exercise. That's like food related. I'm kind of, you know, ready for some ice cream despite the cold, but you know, or if, if it's, um, when, like when my, when my project load feels like chaos, teamwork can help me organize it, which is a project management tool. Um, or like for, for some of our clients, like we work with a company called V simple that does they're they're basically a process management tool. And so when our workload feels like chaos and things are getting stuck or people are not putting data into the, the work order that I need to do my step, you know, V simple can help. Um, when, when processes are failing, V simple can help. And so branding is both visual, but it is also, you know, words, um, because I mean, words are the, the foundation of our society. Um, and so how do, how do we use words to effectively get people to remember who we are, the problem we solve and how we make their life better? Um, you mentioned uh, young talent. So, so what I appreciate, because I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm a couple of days older than you are. What I appreciate about um, bringing on new talent is their perspective sure. and their much more natural way of doing things differently, right? Yep. Um, and that is something that I came to appreciate and I'm more than willing to invest the time to bring them on and to really make them see, okay, this is the business world, but at the same time, don't lose whatever you bring naturally because of mm-hmm. who you are as a person, who you are as uh, in terms of a talent and what your background is and what you do on a, on a daily basis with oops, one of these devices. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the thing that I, that I liked of what you, what you said there is really how you try to turn this around and don't, don't make this about you, right? Mm-hmm. It's, about, it's about the customer. It's about the audience that you talk to. So how do you bring that across? Because every time I have a, a, 
young person in front of me or an older person in front of me, right? It's it's on either side of the of the scope, kind of, right? Mostly mm -hmm. on, the, on the customer side. How do you how do you get them there that they yeah. understand to let's go of self and focus on the audience? Well, um, I, I'm sure Russ, as a sales guy, is really going to appreciate this. But at the end of the day, you just have to figure out what do they really want and and how you can help them get that. Um, it, it's like as humans, we're generally pretty self-serving and we're trying to figure out how can we take care of ourselves. I, there, there are points that I would challenge even as I say that, but we, we all want something. And so whether it's, you know, someone that's younger than us um, or someone that's older, like how can we identify what they want and how can we help them get there? Um, and so once you figure that out, then you can reverse engineer of, okay, here's what we need to do to get there. Um, so for, you know, for like, if you're bringing in young talent, it's like, well, most likely, and have, have a conversation for one, but if you're going into the conversation kind of assuming most likely they want to have a great career or they want to make good money, or they just want the opportunity to prove themselves. So how can you connect, you know, this lesson that you're teaching or this engagement or this opportunity to that, um, and just reverse engineer of, you know, I know, you know, um, having a, a lucrative career is probably important to you. Um, along my journey, I've learned these things that will help. Um, and here's a quick tip that, you know, you might be able to implement. Um, I think that kind of principle goes both ways. Russ, I don't know if, you know, <laughs> it is, is that <laughs> you're the it sales does. guy. So yeah, no, it, it, it works. It, it works as you're talking with young talent to try to help them line up with the customer and the business vision. And it, and it works for customers when you're trying to line them up with your, your product vision, you say, Hey, you know, What's, what's the problem you're experiencing here? Well, I have a flat tire. Well, that's cool. I have a tire store, right? Let's figure out how to, how to repair that or, or, you know, get you a new tire, whatever you need. Right. So it's, it's that same thing of how do you, how do you get what you need in a, in a business context? And I think in your cu customer context, it's more about how do I get to the next step in my goal, whether that's, I need some new customers, I need some more revenue. I need, a, I'm opening a new location, whatever that might be in, in the career side though, it's a lot about how do I get from. I just got my degree. Now I really want some experience and I want to learn some stuff in the field. I want to prove myself. I want to, maybe I'm saying, I, you know, I want to get, I want to buy a house. And so how do I, you know, get a stable enough career that I can go and make that kind of a purchase, whatever it is, right? So everybody has something that they want. Um, usually many somethings. Yeah. <laughs> right? You just yep. got to find out how, how you line up together, right? Yeah. And I, I um, was talking to kind of a, a sales director person uh, recently, just I'm on a journey of understanding how the sales teams of organizations work. Um, so that way as marketing teams, we can figure out how to better support them, especially as an external group um, that's typically working with a company that will have marketing and sales team of, you know, how do we support both knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, can we help that company produce revenue? And then again, reverse engineer it. Well, to produce revenue, we have to have, you know, the, the sales team has to get good leads and, you know, be equipped to, to make that sale. We have to provide them good leads. And so I'm just, I've lately been trying to understand the, the sales side of the organization 
And he just reminded me, he's like, you know, everything you need to know to, you know, battle even the biggest ego of salespeople. And he's like, the reason is because you know that all you have to do is help them get what they want. (laughs) What do they want? (laughs) They want sales. So if you can provide them good quality proven leads, they are probably willing to try your system because they just want the sales. Um, And so like, it's, it doesn't have to be a battle. You just have to really take time to, you know, listen to them and understand what they really want and, you know, prove also yourself the value that you can bring to them to help them get there. And then once you have that little bit of trust built, then you just keep adding to it um, and, and growing, you know, okay, well, here's not only a good lead, but here's a sales script you might want to use. Oh, you know, you don't like how that's worded. Okay. Let's work on this collaboratively where I can bring in my framework that I know works and you can bring in your expertise that works. So it's, it's all about just taking time to, you know, find what people want uh, and, and help them get there. Yeah. If there, if there are 20,000 sales organizations in your market, I'll guarantee you there are at least a hundred thousand sales processes because <laughs> every company has a yeah. couple. And if you try to, if you try to get in, in that way and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to help you solve your process. It's very difficult, but if you approach it from the human angle and say, Hey, what, what is it that you're after as an individual salesperson? What is it that your organization is after as a sales organization? What is it that your company is after as a company? And then how do we line those things up? And then the process and the other pieces and the, and the marketing and the sales programs and everything else all can kind of fall out of that. Um, as long as, you know, but many people it, it, just read LinkedIn, you'll see many people think about the sales process first rather than the, Hey, I'm, I'm a human trying to talk to another human to solve a human problem. But we just work on that. Right. So I, I do think so often we, we forget the humanity in business um, and, and get tied up in, the systems and the OKRs and KPIs and, you know, other acronyms, but it's like, well, we have all the cool software, right? So right. shouldn't we, shouldn't we in, instead just be the servants of the software? No, exactly. No, like, no, there's no. a human on the other side of this that is going to read this and make a decision, be a human. Yeah. You know, Austin, if you keep talking like this, you end up in sales, you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> I, I highly doubt it, but but, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, that is one of the hats that sometimes I have to wear and I hate every second of it, but <laughs> it, it leads to revenue. So I'll put that hat on. I, I'm just, I'm just giving you that fair, fair warning here. Cause that's <laughs> how I ended up spending half my day in sales now, even though um, I call myself a lifelong marketing nerd, maybe customer success, but sales was, Yeah. It's, it's a triad though, really, right? It's, it's all one team. Um, and, and that's a core principle of account-based marketing is how do we get the whole company on board um, in our marketing from you know creating new clients to closing them, to keeping them um, and re-nurturing them and then repeat. Um, and I think so many times you have organizations where it's marketing versus sales and like marketing, why aren't you doing this? And sales, why aren't you doing anything with what we give you and customer success is like, uh, can I get some help guys? And they're both <laughs> like, shut up, <laughs> we're doing our thing. Uh, and, and really it takes all three, um, you know, to re- prevent churn, uh, to help with expansion and, um, 
you know, just grow revenue as a whole. Like we're all on the same team driving to personal and, and business growth. And sometimes that's quite literary that you're all on the same team, but that's an yep. entirely different story. Um, <laughs> so how did you end up, I, I, how did you end up founding your company? Yeah, because you had like a perfectly like normal, good paying, well paying job, like with a arguably steady company, <laughs> and that's that's crazy, man. Tell us oh, the yeah. crazy story. Where's the argument yeah. in there? That's that's what the, I the, the well paying. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it's funny, you know. You when when I left my previous role, there was a lot of a lot of reasons for that, um, and. I, I kind of had, okay, well, when I start my own company, here's, here's what that's going to look like. You know, I'm going to work normal hours. We're going to um, treat people well. We're going to have ethics. We're going to um, like, I have this whole list. Um, most of that has come into play except for the whole 40 hours, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you end up working a lot more, um, but you're at least investing into yourself and, and casting the vision of uh, your business and building what you want rather than necessarily contributing to someone else. But I, I think with good culture, with good leadership, you can still invite people. So we're all contributing and, you know, have meaning and purpose and, and passion behind building an organization that isn't just the founders, you know, desire. Um, and so that's what we're trying to build here is, you know, give our team ownership and, um, also insight and um, a, a safe space to give feedback also of no, that's annoying or no, we shouldn't do that. Or, Hey, we should probably fire this client or whatever, you know, like speaking with, with one voice and valuing everyone's opinion, um, but also truly investing in our team. That's really important for us also is not only from a compensation standpoint, um, but opportunity skill set rest is super important um, and I think that's often forgotten is investing um, in into your team for the opportunity for rest and breaks I don't know if that answered your question yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> yeah also there, there there must have been moments where we're like why am I doing this I had a job I oh there's there's for sure moments um for me it's the famous um laying on the couch i could work at kroger story um where kroger's like a, a grocery store here um and you know as an entrepreneur you're kind of always on you have always had these ideas um and and or problems or you know different things going on there's always plenty of work and there was one day I got so overwhelmed of, you know, um, there was so much to do. Um, there was like some like, okay, where's the money type thing? Like this person hasn't paid or, and I just was so overwhelmed. And I was like telling my wife, um, I, I remember laying on my living room couch, which is not very comfortable, but that was where I was at. Um, and saying, babe, would you still love me if I, bag groceries at Kroger she's like what are you talking about <laughs> and I was like like if I just like quit all this and you know shut down the company and just went and bag groceries at Kroger would you still love me she's like shut up you're not gonna do that like get, <laughs> go go to work <laughs> like uh and I was like no like for real um 
And she's like, look, I know it feels hard, but like you always push through um, and persevere. Um, but my, my reason for asking that question was if you buy groceries at Kroger, the odds of you going home and be like, man, I should have put that bacon next to the eggs, or I don't think I should have put that rotisserie chicken next to the ice cream. I doubt that someone is thinking that, right? Like you go to work, you do the job, you check out and then you come home. Um, so that was like my reason for asking. And, and her whole point was like, this is like, you will get through this, like persevere. You have everything you need. Um, and, and so we, we frequently come back to, to that story of, of bagging groceries at Kroger, which like it, it, it needs to be done. And you, I've met some great people through that. I'm not dogging that career path. I'm just saying, I don't know, like if, uh, if they're thinking about what they did that day when they go home. I can so relate. And <laughs> you probably too. I can so yep. relate to that to that moment. Wouldn't it be easier if we just were doing this instead yep. of giving into our nuttiness, right? Yep. <laughs> but I, I do think community is so important. Um, and then having a strong support network. Um, I t- I definitely understand, you know, why these groups, um, investment firms, VCs like want a co-founder because, um, as a single founder, it's hard. Um, we, we went the route of building a team early and, and so our team is our direct support network, but also our community, our startup ecosystem here. Um, we have an event called founder beers where it's only founders of businesses. There's no service providers. There's no, um, you know, other team members. It's it's only founders for us to meet up monthly and, and you know share what are your struggles or how are you solving this or what tool are you using. Celebrate the wins and and you know um, also you know help each other through those through those hard times. And so I think community support um, is so important uh, when you have these crazy ideas to to get through them. Austin, I think success is is awesome. You celebrate the wins and. Sometimes I find I learn more from failure. Mm-hmm. Tell us a story where you just ran into a wall, or fell over something, a big mistake, but it taught you something. You learned something. Yeah. Um, I would say there's two stories that come to mind, both related. So I guess I didn't really learn the first time, <laughs> um, but it, it is, you know, two different projects where we got hung up on the details of it. Um and, and it wanting to be perfect. Um, and that held me up early in the project and it delayed the project. And then because of the delays, I would get stressed. And, um, and so you would have less progress because now you're operating in an unhealthy, you know, mental space. Um, and that led to a cancellation of the project entirely, um, refund of revenue, um, or money that they paid on the deposit. So not only did you have the the mental failure of uh, the project going south, you also had the, the money side. Um, and, you know, one thing that that taught me is a done is better than perfect. Um, but the other thing is just the value of communication um, to, to say, Hey, we're struggling with this. Can we meet so we can work through this, you know, like content area or, um, Hey, you know, we, we got caught up on this. Um, so I, I think communication is super important. Communicate early, communicate often, um, and communicate clearly. 
um, even if it sucks, um, even if it's hard, even if it's admitting these like moments of failure, frustration. Um, in the times that I've communicated since about a holdup or, you know, a question, the client's been like, oh, yeah, that's that's quick. That's an easy fix here. Let me let me send this over. Oh, just do this. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, like they're not mad. They don't think I'm the worst person. Like, <laughs> you know, I think we get in our own heads so much too, and we forget to give ourselves grace. And you know, we also can forget like we are talented. That's why they hired us. Uh, we don't totally suck. Like, I, I think you just get in this mental kind of squirrel cage. Um, and so communicate early um and and done is better than perfect have a good support network and um just you know don't 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 give up um but if if you hit a spot communicate and if you need to call it call it um but do it early so that way everyone's in a better space but give yourself grace so i learned a lot from from those experiences hey russ my german side of my brain is it's not cannot compute the done is bad and perfect part of oh, it. Oh yeah. It's it is incredibly hard. Um and so um a helpful rule is like are we at 70%? If you need to up the percent, you can. Are we at 75? Are we at 80? Um and also I think where it's also been helpful is thinking like a business owner of like, okay, it's, is this worth our time investment to continue on this? Or are we going to be losing money because we're not working on other stuff? Is this costing us too much? Are we over budget um, on this? Like, can we just ship it? Um, and if we do ship it in its current state, um, you know, what can we learn by shipping it early? Um, and so, you know, I, th I think there's so much, value in like scrum methodology um or agile and then scrums yeah and, and i know there's there's plenty of times in in my life where i've i've written something or i've generated a sales presentation or i've done something like that and i've spent hours and hours i worked late night to to make it just perfect and then i sent it off and somebody else is like well no you need a period after every bullet point oh, i need to capitalize this and lowercase that i'm like oh yep. 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 but if i go like this is pretty good. I'm going to send it to these guys to go and look at. Then when they make those kind of edits, I'm like, that's cool. That's you know, yeah. we're we're all we're all working on it together. But when I take when I when I do perfect, then it's it's my baby. Don't tell me my baby's ugly, mm -hmm. and that's uh, <laughs> that can be troublesome when your baby yeah. might not be uh, so pretty. <laughs> yeah, I went through that lesson many many moons ago when uh, I had my agency and one of my partners. He was actually working uh, at Dustin Consulting Group. So he taught me how to do PowerPoints, right? Mm -hmm. And he would be something I had, I know, remember for Diamond Like Rice, we had this big presentation and I came up with this 80 slide deck, right? And he was like, hey, <laughs> great. Here's a couple of points that I have for you. And those couple of points would be almost as long as my deck. And I was like, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> and he would do that over and over and over again. And I was like, yeah, I... I need to hand that over to him earlier <laughs> so mm -hmm. I can get that feedback in. So I don't invest hours and hours upon hours, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, it doesn't matter what I do. It's never going to be perfect. And so why don't I kick it out earlier and see what my audience thinks about it? 
right? So yeah. that's why I like my German side is still like, eh, no, needs to be perfect, needs to yeah. compute, right? Um, but uh, my American side is like, yeah, let's let's be fast, right? Let's fail yeah. fast, let's do it quickly and get the results and get the feedback in and know what the market thinks, right? Yeah. Russ, can you imagine if he spent some time in Georgia? <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all right <laughs> just a little bit of time in the south and and i mean yeah. i think you'd counterbalance your german side it, it'd be a good balance um no bless I, I his heart <laughs> right <laughs> all right austin i think there was an absolute pleasure meeting you um talking to you and listening to what it is that you do and how you got to eventually found your own company Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really appreciate uh, what you're doing. But I know, did I see that right? You have your own podcast too. You have your own outlet. outlet. Um, I, I've so we do a lot of podcasts for our clients. Um, we have some ideas around our own um, podcast shows, um, and so once that um, comes into fruition, I'll, I'll update you on the link, and you can update the show notes. Um, the exciting part about that is, um, this is our first full day in our new office, um, which yeah. we got uh, intentionally to be able to record and capture podcasts and videos. Um, you know, since then, like before then we've been co-working or producing in our client's office. Now we have our own space to create our own podcast. So that idea will probably come into fruition, uh, much quicker now and so we can uh, within the next hour or two maybe i mean i have the i have the setup now so it it could could. the mic is standing up so let's go yeah yes but i'll I'll let you know in the meantime grow with aspen on all uh, social media there you go one one quick question that maurice likes to ask that i'll ask in the last one minute before we go here uh if you had one sentence to tell your 16 year old self 18 year old self what would you do what would you say Oh, not a whole big lesson, not a book, just one, uh, one little statement. Um, learn to communicate well and often, um, you know, friends, family, well, family, friends, clients, um, but really in, invest in communication skill sets, but do it often. Um, I think, you know, especially like with family, um, that's something I can always get better at, but it's also not just the touch points, but the quality of the touch points. Um, and that applies to friends, to clients, to team members, uh, community members. Um, and so I'd say really work on those skill sets. Um, and, and if I had done that earlier in life, I, I think, <laughs> um, I, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Also, thank you, Austin. Yeah, thank you all so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Austin. Appreciate it.